Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. NXT planning to have a two-night takeover. New Japan Pro Wrestling announces two massive stadium events, and I take you through the importance of good managerial work in professional wrestling today. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. Last night was, or yesterday for that matter, was NXT UK. But before we get into that, let's check out our news. NXT planning to have a two-night takeover. According to PW Insider, there has been a lot of talk of show of the show having its first ever two-night takeover, with part one airing on WWE NXT TV on the USA Network on Wednesday of April 7th, and then part two continuing the next night on WWE Network but with a month to go, that idea could definitely change. Uh, this would be a great idea, given that you give regular audiences a chance to watch a takeover that doesn't have to be behind an NXT network, excuse me, a WWE network paywall. But also a uh, two-night event. It would also put that this moment at the same level as a WrestleMania would be for NXT, given that it's two nights back to back, and especially since it's right around that time, it would work pre- pretty much. Very similarly, New Japan Pro Wrestling announces two massive stadium events. In a huge announcement during March 4th's anniversary event, it was revealed that New Japan Pro Wrestling action will hit Yokohama Stadium on May 15th and the Tokyo Dome on May 29th for Wrestle Grand Slam. The announcement marks New Japan Pro Wrestling's first Tokyo Dome event outside of January in 16 years and is the first time ever New Japan Pro Wrestling will come to Yokohama Stadium. Looking at last night and NXT UK, what a show was. And obviously the big uh, drawing point to that show was Miko Satomura versus Kaylee Ray for the NXT UK Women's Championship. I told you guys yesterday to make sure you guys watched it because it's definitely going to be a unique event. But that was the main event of the evening, so we will get to that a little bit later. But starting off at the top of the card, Eli Dragunov versus Sam Gradwell. Uh, the two draw at each other uh, with harsh remarks early in the match. Dragunov stops Gradwell's words with an attack to the mouth of Gradwell. Gradwell even starts bleeding from his mouth because of the strong strikes. Gradwell returns the favor with strong strikes and slaps of his own, including some really nasty elbow strikes as well. Dragunov snaps into that mental state that he's been getting into lately onto Gradwell and because of Gradwell's trash talking. The two trade brutal strikes. Gradwell is knocked out in the middle of the ring with the maneuver that Dragunov has been using recently. Uh, Dragunov can't control himself and continues to attack Gradwell and even threatens to attack the official. Gradwell smiles on, on the ground, knowing that he made Dragunov snap. Dragunov has no control of his mind state uh, after his match with Walter, and I absolutely love it. I absolutely love every minute of it, given the fact that he's not letting that match go, but in a good way. That match that he had with Walter, that was one of the best matches of the year for WWE, 
uh, as a whole, you know, and we're talking about NXT UK match being one of the best matches of the year for them. Uh, for that match to linger with him and it as a constant reminder to us, the fans, I think NXT UK is doing a great job with that. And it's not like he's promoting that match nonstop. He's actually making it more of a curse than he is a, a, a badge of honor as he's gained some sort of post-traumatic stress disorder from that match, which I think Dragunov is, is definitely uh, portraying very, very well uh, in NXT UK. Moving on to Supernova Sessions with Noam Dar. Uh, he reads reviews of his show. Two of them were good, one of them were bad, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, Tyler Bate is his guest, and Bate tries to explain what Zen means to Dar, and Dar understands and then tries to test Bate on his Zen-ness, if you will. Uh, Dar gives Bate uh, broccoli and spinach to, to try to make fun of his veganism. And then next week, uh, we hear that Bate will face off against Dave Mastiff under Heritage Cup rules, given how much Bate respects the Heritage Cup. Uh, Dar tears up his set after Bate takes over and the, takes over the show and ends up leaving the show. Completely Tyler Bate. I thought this was a fun segment. I really do enjoy these Supernova sessions. I think they really do a lot when it comes to NXT UK and getting new faces over that you haven't really seen before or seen that often. Even in the case of Tyler Bate, one of the most respected wrestlers in NXT UK, uh, gives him another opportunity to get on the microphone and promote his next match need be, which I thought was really, really nice. Uh, I, I, these sessions, uh, the, the talk sessions are just really good as a whole. Uh, Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter versus Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan. Uh, quick back and forth early on with uh, mutual respect being shown. Advantage Smith and Carter. And nice sing singlet from uh, Smith. I don't remember him wearing that signet singlet before. Sorry, that's a tongue, tongue twister there. But I don't remember him wearing that prior. And uh, it does look nice. And I remember them making the joke that they ran out of material once they got to Smith's gear because they were all on Oliver Carter, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, Williams enters on a hot tag and dominates. Jordan and Williams connect with a stereo dive to the outside. Back and forth pinfalls between Jordan and Carter. Williams with the assist to help Jordan get the pinfall and victory. So the winners are Amir Jordan and Kenny Williams with Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter losing. Thought this was a good tag team match. There was no mention of uh, the Pretty Deadly, who are the new NXT UK tag team champions. I thought that was a little odd given that they just won it last week, but gives them a chance to build the tag team division once again. Now looking towards our main event, Miko Satomura versus Kay Lee Ray uh, for the NXT UK Women's Championship. Uh, Kay Lee Ray coming into this, the, one of the longest running, if not the longest running uh, champion in WWE at the moment. Kay Lee Ray has been so dominant in NXT UK. Uh, but going up against a legend in Miko Satomura, I saw a fun stat that said uh, Goldberg and Miko Satomura, Miko Satomura both made their debut into professional wrestling on a national stage in WCW uh, going back in 1995. And now Miko Satomura is fighting for a championship title, and so did Goldberg this year fall for a championship title. I can't tell if that's a good or bad thing. I think it was a bad thing for Goldberg, but a good thing for Miko Satomura given how well-respected she is in professional wrestling. Uh, Ray struggling early on and having to exit the ring to gather herself. Uh, the two trade submissions attempts, but to no avail. Matt wrestling turns into a battle of the strikes. A Death Valley bomb onto the apron by Satamora, and then a frog splash by Satamora is reversed by Ray's with the knees up. Ray connects with the gory bomb, but Satamora kicks out. A scorpion kick reversed. Gory bomb then reversed as well into a pin, but Kaylee Ray kicks out. Gory bomb connects, and Kaylee Ray 
retains. An absolutely fantastic match. Uh, this was the main reason why I told you guys to go watch some NXT UK because this match I know was going to be a showstopper and it was. It genuinely was a great match. I can't t do all justice by by telling you all the bullet points about it, but uh, it genuinely was a fantastic match. And one thing I noticed that in the first time in a very long time, we've had to see this side of Kaylee Ray come out. And I think that was very satisfying to see her honestly struggle a little bit because she's been going through some matches and the matches have been good for her, but she hasn't had that struggling point that we really all notice from, you know, other wrestlers, other champions that are at the top of their game or not only at the top of their game, but are also uh, facing regular opponents. Uh, Kaylee Ray has gone through everyone at this point, and so now Miko Satomura having be a new challenge and make it really look like a challenge was nice. And uh, I also like Satomura's all-business attitude with a, plenty of respect for one another, and they even bowed to each other at the end of the match and hugged it out because it was really a hard-fought battle. And I wouldn't say Miko Satomura looked like the heel in this match, in no sense of the word, but she definitely looked like the dominant force and Kaylee Ray honestly looked a little bit like the underdog in this situation, but fought to victory. Uh, NXT UK is only a one-hour show, so that's why this one's a little short. But once we come back from the break, we're going to talk about managers in professional wrestling today and why they are important, uh, maybe not now more than ever, but why they're important now compared to why, why they were important in the past. So stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on March 5th, 2001, Paul Heyman made his WWE debut as a commentator after Jerry Lawler quit the WWE. Jerry Lawler after, ended up quitting WWE because of how uh, her wife was being treated in creative, and uh, there's a lot of complications with that. I read about it in uh, Jim Ross's book, and there's a ton of stories that have been told about it as well. But uh, Jerry Lawler ended up leaving, and then Paul Heyman coming in after the defunctness of W of excuse me ECW, and then making his uh, WWE appearance, and then going back and forth with the WWE ever since, and now obviously in a more current role with Roman Reigns. And also on this day in pro wrestling history, on March 5th, 2013, famed manager Paul Bearer passed away. He's best known for managing The Undertaker, Kane, and Mankind, and being a great locker room presence. Uh, I highly recommend you watch the Paul Bearer documentary on the network. It was really, really good. And they started, they made that around the time Undertaker was going to retire, and he did retire around Survivor Series. So that's how far you sort of have to look back, but it was really, really good. So I highly recommend you watching that. But the tie between uh, the On This Day in Pro Wrestling and what I'm about to talk about next is uh, managers and being a, a ringside accompaniment to talent and uh, how important it is today compared to years past. Uh, back in the day, we used to see Jimmy Hart and Bobby the Brain Heenan and uh, multiple names you can go through be mouthpieces for not only one person, but for multiple people at the same time. I remember uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan in uh, one of the WrestleManias was managing like, around three or four people at the same time and would have to do a promo segment talking about like all four backstage. I remember that very vividly. So uh, obviously a little different now. Usually when there's a managerial role, they are connected at the hip and it's usually one and one or uh, they break up with that one person and go on to someone else. So that's how it currently stands now. But what is the importance of managerials today? Because usually to become a WWE wrestler or just a professional wrestler in general, you have to have that talking ability. Once you're in the indies, yes, you get to work that out a little bit. But once you make it to the grand stage, like the WWE, like AEW, like Impact, 
you have to be able to speak for yourself or at least have the capability to do so. So uh, what are the importances now? Well, still, I think acting as a good mouthpiece is still very important role to have as a managerial spot. Obviously, since you, as a managerial role, you're not doing any in-ring work, so you have to do all the work that's not in-ring, which is the promos, the interviews, and all the stuff like that. And you look at just what Paul Heyman is doing and has been doing for years. He has been the perfect mouthpieces for people that don't speak particularly well. I haven't been. I, I wouldn't say that now about Roman Reigns, given how fact uh, the fact that he speaks so so well as that heel role. I feel like it would be doing him a disservice to say something like that. But at the same length, you look at what he did with Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman was Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was Paul Heyman. So they they were tied together at the hip. And it was very good for Heyman to have the ability to talk with Brock, given also the fact that they were so important together getting him into the company. So at that rate, uh, you look at the mouthpieces, how important they are as they currently stand, because they are needed in some cases, especially when uh, it's an outsider coming in to professional wrestling or in the fact of they're just not that great at speaking, but their in-ring ability or their size, their strength, their look is so great that you can't really deny it. Another good point, it gives legitimacy to the wrestler. Just look at Malcolm Bivens and Tyler Rust. Uh, Tyler Rust coming in, I feel like wouldn't have made much of an impact if it wasn't for Malcolm Bivens, giving him that impact and giving him that idea of, all right, there's a reason why this person's together with this person and you're going to make me who, I'm going to make you and you're going to make me. It's sort of a two-way street when it comes down to that managerial position. And I think it works out really, really well for both people, especially if they work at that same rate where uh, I'm going to help get you over, you're going to help get me over by putting on good matches, I'm going to help get you over by uh, being by you ringside, especially if that person ringside is a legitimate name, much like, once again, like a Paul Heyman. Uh, I wouldn't say Arn Anderson, even though he's a solid figure, but Cody, he's with Cody Rhodes currently at the moment. But just think of, uh, looking back in the day as well, you put someone with a high-octane manager or someone that's very well-known, it gives them a ton of credibility. Same thing with looking at MVP. Him in his quote-unquote managerial role or that leadership role for the Hurt Business, it works really, really well for them because he is legitimate and he has made others legitimate in that group. So them being together, also very, very nice. One final point, it allows for better heel work. Uh, Rarely, yes, you do see babyface managers and stuff like that, but I feel like it's a better foil when it's a heel type of idea, given the fact that, you know, maybe the guy that they're trying to get over is a giant, once again, doesn't talk too well, but the person that can talk well, talks great in a heel sense, gets them over in a bad way. For a person to get over in a babyface way, it's a little easier to do it on your own uh, instead of with uh, another person to make them want to cheer for you or make them want to boo for you. That's the goal either way. You don't want to make them feel indifferent. And they're not going to feel indifferent when there's someone constantly berating them ringside, especially directly to their face. I think that's always a fantastic idea. But looking at the world of managers today, I mentioned a couple names already. Malcolm Bivens doing a fantastic job. Arn Anderson, obviously in a little bit of an odd spot with Cody Rhodes, but that whole coaching idea I think is great. Uh, Same thing with the coaching idea that we see with Chad Gable and Otis. Gable, obviously not a quote-unquote manager, given that he's definitely a current in-ring talent, but when you're in that coaching type of position, it definitely gives some uh, managerial aspect to you 
from a viewer standpoint. And then if you look at Paul Heyman, he's been doing it for years and he's doing a great job. The only thing different now that he's doing, he's taking a big step back and allowing Roman Reigns to be the headline of the show and Paul Heyman to not be the advocate but the special counsel the special counsel to Roman Reigns, a completely different title and a completely different set of work that Paul Heyman has to do for Roman Reigns. He's being that special counsel and the idea of, uh, we even saw it on an episode of SmackDown where, just a suggestion, that that's what he likes to say, just a suggestion, just a suggestion, not telling him what to do, but suggesting to him what the best idea might be as they quote-unquote counsel of these situations. So I always think that's hilarious with Paul Heyman. And obviously he does an absolutely fantastic job. No matter who he's with. And I wonder what's going to happen if Brock Lesnar does come back for WrestleMania. To face Bobby Lashley. Or comes back even before that. Uh, if Paul Heyman will also jump ship from Roman Reigns. And go to Brock Lesnar. If uh, Roman Reigns will stay together with him. Or if something else will happen in general. And Brock Lesnar will be with a different person. But I highly, highly, highly doubt that. I really don't see that happening either because Brock Lesnar as, and Paul Heyman go together like a glove. And I think they fit very, very well. Uh, next episode, we're going to be talking about Friday Night SmackDown as we get closer and closer to Fastlane on the road to WrestleMania. And it should be a fun time. So that's all for me. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. If you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I tried my best to make this a shorter episode today, given the fact that I went 55 minutes yesterday, so I thought I'd give you a break today. How about that? What a nice guy I am. <laughs> if you like the longer episodes, let me know on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Jaden Becker TV, because I want, I want to see what you guys like to hear. So I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.